also for the offering. Father, in the name of Jesus, again, we pray for the offering. And again, I say thank you to all the loyal and faithful members of our church that have helped support financially our congregation. Continue to bless and encourage and minister to them, Lord God, as you promise in your word. And we pray right now, God, that you would bless the reading of your word here this morning. Help me as your servant to communicate effectively, organize my thoughts my words, Lord God. Be with your people here, Lord. Help us not to be in a hurry. Help us to enjoy this time and to digest and to hear and to just be comforted and encouraged, if necessary, rebuked and challenged by your word here this morning. You want us to live and not die, Lord. You want us to go to heaven and not to hell, Lord God. You want us to, you want us to prosper and not to fail, Lord. And the only way that we can do that is by honoring you, Lord God, and, and obeying your word and help us to do that lord help us to do that in jesus name we pray and everyone said amen psalm chapter 33 starting at verse 16 the bible says this no king is saved by the multitude of an army a mighty man is not delivered by great strength a horse is a vain hope for safety neither shall it deliver any by its great strength. Behold, the eye of the Lord is on those who fear him, on those who hope in his mercy, to deliver their soul from death and to keep them alive in famine. Our soul waits for the Lord, for he is our help and our shield. For our heart shall rejoice in him, because we have trusted in his holy name. Let your mercy, O Lord, be upon us, just as we hope in you. It's an awesome scripture. Amen, church? Now, last week we focused on the word hope, and we learned that our ultimate hope as believers is what is called the blessed hope. And what is the blessed hope? Well, we find that in the book of Titus chapter 2, verses 11 through 14. Let me read that for you. Titus chapter 2, verses 11 through 14 says this, which talks about or defines for us the blessed hope. It says this, For the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus, for that. Teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lust, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in the present age. Looking, here it is, verse 13, looking for the blessed hope and glorious appearing of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. Those of you who are born again and that know what I'm talking about, how many of you are excited for that great day that we're waiting for when Jesus comes back and he takes us all home? How many of you are waiting for that day? Amen. That is our blessed hope, church. It says, looking for the blessed hope. And glorious appearing of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us, that he might redeem us from every lawless deed and purify for himself his own special people, zealous for good works. That means that he has forgiven us. We are forgiven of all our sins. We are cleansed by the blood of Jesus, church. What is our blessed hope? What event are we as Christians uh, waiting for? The return of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We call this the rapture or the taking up of the church. The Bible tells us that one day Jesus Christ is going to physically return to earth. As we mentioned last week, he is going to appear in the sky and he is going to give a great shout 
out, the Bible tells us that the dead in Christ will rise first, and then we who are left alive will be caught up together in the air with them, and we will finally be complete, a brand new body that will never get sick or hungry or tempted or feel pain or sin or have to go through any more drama. We will be with Jesus Christ forever in heaven. Let me read it again in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verses 13 through 18. It says this, And now, dear brothers and sisters, we want you to know what will happen to the believers who have died so that so that you will not grieve like people who have no hope. For since we believe that Jesus died and was raised to life again, we also believe that when Jesus returns, God will bring back with him the believers who have died. We tell you this directly from the Lord. We who are still living when the Lord returns will not meet him ahead of those who have died. For the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a commanding shout with the voice of the archangel and with the trumpet call of God. First, the believers who have died will rise from their graves. Then together with them, we who are still alive and remain on the earth will be caught up in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. Then we will be with the Lord forever. Let me say that again. Then we will be with the Lord forever. I have to say that one more time. I don't think it's registering in some of your hearts. Then we will be with the Lord forever. And then it says, so encourage each other with these words. Now I have to be honest with you. A person in the world, a person that doesn't know the Bible or understand the Bible or understand who Christ is and what he's done, if they hear this, they're going to think that we're believing in a fairy tale. This all sounds like a fairy tale. Are you guys understanding what I'm saying? It sounds too, too hard to believe, too incredible. God, Jesus, appearing in the sky, giving a shout, and the dead and Christ rising up. And then we're going to, they would say to us in their carnal, natural thinking, how can you, an educated person living in 2021, believe that? Well, we do. That's our blessed hope. We are crazy enough and we have enough faith in the Bible and in what God tells us that we actually believe what I just read. It's going to happen one day. Listen, for any of you that are doubters out there, after experiencing what you have experienced this past year, it's all in here. It's all in this book called the Holy Bible. We should not be shocked about any of it. Now, here's a, here's a, this is not very encouraging what I'm going to say, but according to the Bible, times are going to get worse. They're going to get worse and harder and more difficult and more challenging and more immoral and more evil and more wicked and more twisted. It's already twisted. Everything that's going on, it's already twisted. People don't even see how twisted it is. We know how twisted it is because we know what's in this book. But the person out there that's blind and ignorant and naive, that is not educated in the things of God, they don't even realize how twisted and warped this world already is. But that's another story. Those that have hope are looking forward to spending eternity in heaven, a place that is so glorious that it goes beyond human understanding or human explaining or human vocabulary. There is no word in the human language or words in the human language that can explain or define what heaven is going to be like, and we're going there, church. But also, it's important for us to understand that in this life, 
while we are here on the earth waiting for that blessed hope to come to us, all of us as human beings, believers in God and non-believers in God, every single human being, we are all at times going to experience low points, times of severe trial, times of hurt and pain and fear and vulnerability and attack. And the Bible is encouraging us here to put our hope in God today, today, every day. Let's look at some scriptures that encourage us to put our hope in God today. Let me just read these scriptures to you, okay? Psalm chapter 31, verse 24. Especially those of you that are really discouraged right now, going through a, a, a heavy, maybe for most of you here, everything's cool, everything's good. But believe me, it's very scary when you hit those low points in life. And that's where God says, don't give up. Put your hope in God. Psalm 31, verse 24. Be of good courage. Be of good courage. And he shall strengthen your heart, all you who hope in the Lord. Psalm 38, verse 15. For in you, O Lord, I hope you will hear, O Lord, my God. Psalm 119, verse 114. You are my hiding place and my shield, I hope in your word. There was a prayer request a little while ago of this person that was being attacked at work and having to face attack from their uh, employees for being honest. Well, listen, let the Lord be your shield and your protector. Hope in God. Lamentations 3.24. The Lord is my portion, says my soul. Therefore, I hope in him. Romans chapter 15, verse 13. Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Hebrews 6, 18 and 19. That by two immutable things in which it is impossible for God to lie, we might have strong consolation or comfort who have fled for refuge to lay hold of the hope set before us. In other words, if, if you're going through a heavy, heavy, dark dangerous storm in your life run to the lord hold on to the lord don't let go of god verse 19 this hope we have is an anchor of the soul both sure and steadfast and which enters the presence behind the veil psalm 42 verse 5 and 6 new living translation why am i discouraged why is my heart so sad i will put my hope in God. I will praise him again, my Savior and my God. Now I am deeply discouraged, but I will remember you. Now I'm talking about when you and I hit those really scary low points in our life. We have to make God our hope. So in order to get through those low points in life, Psalm 71 verse Five, it says this, for you are my hope, O Lord God. You are my trust from my youth. When the enemy starts condemning you and putting you down, making you feel like a reject, making you feel like you're worthless, making you feel like you don't belong, making you feel like an outsider, you've got to cling to the Lord. Psalm 71 verse 14. But I will hope continually and will praise you yet more and more. Psalm 78, verse 7, that they may set their hope in God and not forget the works of God, but keep his commandments. Psalm 147, verse 11, 
The Lord takes pleasure in those who fear him, in those who hope in his mercy. No matter what you've done, no matter where you've been, no matter how dark or evil or wicked or twisted or messed up your life may be, go to the Lord, run to the Lord, cling to the Lord. His mercy is there waiting for you. That's what God is saying to us here. There is nothing too hard for our God. There is no one so low and so cast away that he cannot find hope in God. Please, go to him. If you're hurting right now, if you're scared, cry out to God right now. He will hear you. Now, I said last week, that I w- and I'll say it again. Is your marriage in trouble? God tells us that... God tells us here that there is hope. Are your kids in trouble? God tells us here that there is hope. Are you sick in your body? God tells us here that there is hope. Are you discouraged or depressed or disappointed or lonely? God tells us here that there is hope. We need to put our hope in God. Are your family members still unsaved? Put your hope in God. Maybe you have made some serious mistakes. Put your hope in God. Maybe you have failed as a father, as a mother, as a daughter, as a son, a brother, a sister. Put your hope in God. Are you in bondage? Are you in in darkness? Are you suicidal? Put your hope in God. As long as you look to God, there is hope. That word hope is powerful. But last week we also learned that the Bible speaks of vain or false hope. Let's go back to our beginning text in Psalm chapter 33 verse 16, and I want to read it again. It says this in Psalm 33, 16. No king is saved by the multitude of an army. A mighty man is not delivered by great strength. Verse 17, which is uh, what we're going to focus on here this morning. A horse is a vain hope for safety. Neither shall it deliver any by its great strength. I'm going to keep reading. Behold, the eye of the Lord is on those who fear him, on those who hope in his mercy to deliver their soul from death and to keep them alive in famine. Our soul waits for the Lord. He is our help and our shield. For our heart shall rejoice in him because we have trusted in his holy name. Let your mercy, O Lord, be upon us just as we hope in you. Let's look at verse 17. It says this, A horse is a vain hope for safety. Neither shall it deliver any by its great great strength. This is talking about vain hope or empty hope or deceptive hope or counterfeit hope or fake hope because people are putting their hope in things of this world instead of God. Did you hear what I just said, church? Vain or false hope is when people put their hope in something other than God. Psalm chapter 20, verse 7 says this. Some trust in chariots and some in horses. But we will remember the name of the Lord our God. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm glad that I live in the United States of America. I love our country. I'm glad of a, I'm a citizen of this country. I'm glad for all the blessings that I have as a, as a citizen in this nation. God has been good to me, and this country has been good to me. 
I thank God for our armed forces, the Army, the Navy, the Marines, uh, uh, the Air Force, uh, the, the um, uh, National Guard, all, all of these, all of our military. I thank God for our police officers and sheriffs and CHPs and all those. First, I thank God for all these that are there to protect me, let alone me. I got this big, giant army behind me. And these police departments, policing agencies behind me, protecting little old me. But God says, all of that is vain compared to the hope that we have in God. In God. See, the first part of Psalm 7, again, makes reference to those who are putting their hope in chariots, and horses, or in things of this world, instead of God. Okay? Isaiah, chapter 31, verse 1. Listen to what it says. Woe to those who go down to Egypt for help, and rely on horses, who trust in chariots, because they are many, and in horsemen, because they are very strong, but who do not look to the Holy One of Israel, nor seek the Lord. Let me read that in the New Living Translation. It says this. What sorrow awaits. See, this is future. When you have false hope, hope it's going to get you in the future. It's going to bite you in the future. Watch this. What sorrow awaits those who look to Egypt for help, trusting, in their, trusting their horses, chariots, charioteers, and depending on the strength of human armies, Instead of looking to the Lord, the Holy One of Israel. Building your life on vain hope is a very deceptive and in the end will lead to disaster and eternal sorrow in hell fire. Matthew 7 verses 24 through 27 gives us a picture of those who put their hope in God and those who don't. Let me read it to you. Many of you already know this scripture, but let me read it. Matthew 27, verses 24 through 27 says this. Therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine, you're listening to what the Bible says. Therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, this is Jesus speaking. He's saying, listen, you guys, if you listen to what I'm telling you, if you listen to what this book tells you, you're going to be safe. You're going to be okay. No matter how crazy things get, you're going to be okay. Let me read it again. Therefore, this is Jesus speaking. Therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken him to a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain descended, the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on that house, and it did not fall, for it was founded on the rock. Listen, you and I have our faith grounded and anchored in Jesus Christ. That way, no matter what happens, no matter what comes our way, it's not going to mess with us, because in the end, when all that storm is over, we're going to be standing, because God is going to be there with us, making sure that we're standing. Nothing can take you down. You're going to get rocked. You will get rocked. You will get tossed back and forth. Because these storms are harsh. And they're scary. And it's hard to navigate. And it's hard to know what to do. And it's real easy to panic. But God says, 
I got you. I got you. You're not going to sink. You're on the rock. Okay? Verse 26. But everyone who hears these sayings of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. And the rain descended, the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on that house, and it fell, and great was its fall. Those who have false hope or vain hope are those that are establishing their hope on a foundation of sand. It is fake. The drunkard who thinks that he can quit any time he likes has false hope. The dope addict who thinks that he can escape his problems by getting high has false hope. The thief who thinks he can steal without consequences has false hope. The church member who thinks that baptism or membership or the or good deeds is all that is necessary to escape hell has false hope. The rebellious child who disobeys and dishonors his or her parents and thinks that he or she has gotten away with their actions has false hope. There are those who have faith and or believe in God and yet deny Jesus Christ. They have false hope. There are those who believe that they will have a second chance after death to repent or to go through purgatory. They have false hope. The man that dates a married or unsaved woman or marries an unsaved woman or a woman that dates and marries an unsaved man and, and they believe that they will lead them to Christ, they have false hope. You're going to be deceiving yourself. Some of us are putting our hope in our retirement funds. Some of us are putting our hope in our investments. Some of us are putting our hope in our possessions. Some of us are putting our hope in our families or relationships. Some of us are putting our hope in our politicians. Some of us are putting our hope in our education or training or position in society or in successes or expertise or experiences or in our, our profession. But all of this is false or vain hope if Jesus is not in the picture. Are you guys getting this? Can you say amen? None of those things are necessarily bad, but they are bad if they don't include Jesus. Psalm 118 verse 9 says this. It is better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in princes or leaders. Psalm 146 verse 3. Do not put your hope or trust in princes nor in a son of man in whom there is no help. Jeremiah chapter 17, verse 5. Thus says the Lord, Cursed is the man who trusts in man and makes flesh his strength, whose heart departs from the Lord. A number of years ago, there was this man by the name of Barack Obama, who was running for president. And one of the um, marketing tools that he used was this poster. Can you put that first picture up for me, please? Let's see if we can get these pictures to come up here, okay? Showing there, it's not showing on my screen, but I'm sure, I hope that it's showing online, okay? How many of you remember this picture? Okay? When Barack Obama was running for president, and uh, he used this as part of his marketing strategy. And you know what? It worked. He gave a lot of people hope. And he got elected president. He had two terms. Okay. Now, uh, show a picture. of Show the next picture. Let's see what we come up with here. 
Oh, you see, now a lot of people were putting their hope in this man when he was the president of the United States. Okay? Put up the next picture. Now a lot of people are putting their hope in this man because he's a president of the United States of America. We could put our hope in this man to clean everything up and to fix everything up. That's what we're believing for right now. Okay? Show the next picture, please. Some of us are putting our hope in this, in this couple right here. Oh, my gosh. The world is really in trouble now. Listen, don't put your hope in man. Man will not be there to help you. Listen, if you get sick, if you get sick, do you think that President Biden is going to come to your house and pray for you or say some poetry to you or encourage you? No, he's not going to be there for you. If you get in a car accident, if you have financial problems, if you have marriage problems, Biden it will not be there. He's a president. Yes, he's a powerful man. Yes, he's an influential man. We have to pray for Barack Obama. We have to pray for President Trump. We have to pray for President Biden. You have to pray for Pastor Jerry and Pastor Julie. Why? Because we're men. We are weak. We have faults. We have problems. We, we have insecurities. We will fail you and fail you time and time again. We don't have all the answers. We need to put our hope in who? Put up that next picture, please. We need to put our hope and trust in Jesus. That's what we need to hope in, church. Keep your eyes on Jesus. He will be there when you're hurting. He will be there when you're discouraged. He will be there when you're alone. He will be there when you're sick. He will be there when you're going through crisis. He will be there. He will never leave you. He will never forsake you. Put your hope in God. Next picture, please. Put your hope in the Bible. Right here, church. Right here. For many of you, it's in here. May God have mercy on you if you lose your phone, but it's in here. Listen, people think I'm a nut. I carry my backpack everywhere I go, and the only reason I carry a backpack is I will not let go of this Bible. <laughs> I'm not going to let go of this Bible. I'm not going to go anywhere without this Bible. I don't care what anybody says. I don't care how people criticize me. Uh, a 61-year-old man with a backpack, I don't care. You can make fun of me if you want. I'm not going to go anywhere without my Bible. Sometimes I go to sleep and I just go I just like this. I don't want to let go of my Bible. My hope is right here. I mean, I don't want to put you down. I can't trust you guys. And I don't want you to trust me. Go to God. Always God. Some put their hope in riches. Luke chapter 12, verses 16 through 20 says this. Then, this is Jesus speaking, and he says this. Then he told them a story. A rich man had a fertile farm that produced fine crops. He said to himself, what should I do? I don't have room for all my crops. Then he said, I know. I'll tear down my barns and build bigger ones. 
Then I'll have room enough to store all my wheat and other goods. And I'll sit back and say to myself, my friend, you have enough stored away for years to come. Now take it easy. Eat, drink, and be merry. Party time, baby. I, got, I finally got enough in the bank to just have party time. Verse 20. But God said to him, you fool. You will die this very night. Then who will get everything you worked for? Yes, a person is a fool to store up earthly wealth but not have a rich relationship with God. Those of you that are online right now, you are doing the wisest thing. You're tuning into the Word of God. It doesn't necessarily have to be with me, but at least you're tuning in to some type of program that's going to teach you about God, guide you about God, give you hope in God, keep you focused on the Lord. Those of you that are here in church this morning, you are going to be blessed. You are encouraged. You're doing the wise thing. Why? Because you're investing this time in getting rich toward God. Put in your hope in the Lord. Yes, thank God for your jobs. Thank God for your houses. Thank God for your cars. There's nothing wrong with having nice things. There's nothing wrong with having your refrigerator full of food. All that is great. It's a blessing and we need to thank God for it. But our ultimate hope is in the Lord. Can you say amen, church? It's in God. Job chapter 27 verse 8 says this. For what hope do the godless have when God cuts them off and takes away their life. You see, church, we take for granted that our hearts are beating right now. We take for granted that we're able to breathe right now. We take for granted that all of our organs are working right now. And you know who keeps that going? God is keeping that going. Because at any time he could say, Jerry, you're done, dude. You're done. It's time to pay your accounts. You're done. We just prayed for a family who lost a 27-year-old young man. He didn't think he was going to die. He didn't know he was going to die. But he's with God now. It's over. You never know. Putting your hope on anything or anyone other than Jesus Christ and the Holy Bible is false or vain hope. And lastly, there are those whom the Bible tells us have no hope. Ephesians chapter 2, verses 11 and 12 says this. Don't forget... That you Gentiles, Gentiles are non-Jewish people. Don't forget that you Gentiles used to be outsiders. You were called uncircumcised heathens by the Jews who were proud of their circumcision, even though it affected only their bodies and not their hearts. In those days, you were living apart from Christ. You were excluded from citizenship among the people of Israel, and you did not know the covenant promises God had made to them. You lived in this world without God and without hope. You lived in this world without God and without hope. Anyone that is disconnected from Jesus Christ is living in this world without God and without hope. Hope, no matter what you got going on in your life, no matter how successful you may think you are, no matter how delusional you may be, if you are in this world and you are disconnected from a relationship with Jesus Christ, you are in the world and living in this world without God and without hope. In reality, those who have false or vain hope are in the same category as those who have no hope because in the end, in the end, 
in the end, when we all have to give an account, those who have false and vain hope will end up lost for all eternity. But the Bible tells us specifically that those who are without God in their life have no hope or are without hope. If you die without a relationship with Jesus Christ, you have no hope. John chapter 8, verses 23 and 24 says this. Jesus continued, You are from below, I am from above. You belong to this world, I do not. That is why I said that you will die in your sins. For unless you believe that I am who I claim to be, you will die in your sins. You see, the good news for those of us who are believers is that we have put our faith in Jesus Christ. We have put our faith in the work that was done on the cross when he gave his blood and his body on the cross so that when we called on him, we were forgiven of our sins. Right now, you stand forgiven before Almighty God, church. But those who don't have Christ in their lives will die in their sins unless they repent. If you don't have Jesus Christ in your life, you have no hope. If you don't have God in your life, where you are, where, where are you going to go to when you get into trouble? What are you going to do? That's why I said a little while ago, I don't know how people do it that don't have a connection with God. What do they do when the bottom drops off? What do they do when they go through loss and heartache? No wonder. Listen, this is just my own co common sense. No wonder they go to the bars and drink themselves to death. No wonder they go to the connection and, and try to fill all that sorrow and emptiness with heroin and cocaine and meth. No wonder why they do these crazy things. They're trying to fill their heart with some kind of false hope, but it's all fake. It doesn't work. The only thing that works is Jesus. You've got to connect to the Lord. You've got to connect with God. Where will you go when you are hurting? Where will you go when things start falling apart? Where will you go when you are on your deathbed and facing eternity? If you don't have God in your life, then you have no hope. We have to admit that there are still those who are so distraught that they feel like there is no hope. They are without hope and without God in the world. Sadly, one of the leading major causes of death among teenagers is still suicide. It's still suicide. These kids, I feel so bad for them. They don't get God when they go to school. They don't get God in, in their houses because their, their parents don't know God and the parents don't teach them about God and the parents don't take them to church. The parents don't read them the Bible. The parents don't teach them anything about the Lord and they're all messed up and they're all empty in their souls. They go to school and they're getting fed all this terrible material now that they're teaching in our school systems with transsexuals and homosexuals and all this other junk that they're that they're preaching in, their, in our school system no wonder our kids are all messed up and then when they're hurting and they're discouraged and everything's falling apart they don't know what to do and their hearts are broken because of a relationship or a boyfriend or a girlfriend and they're all confused in their hearts and they don't have any connection with god no wonder they want to kill themselves this covid crisis there's all kinds of studies that have shown how many people are, have become depressed and discouraged and isolated and alone because they don't have that connection with other people. Can't go out to eat anywhere. Can't, you have your mask. You, have to, you can't touch anybody. You can't do this. You can't do that. And that causes a lot of people get, to get all messed up. Why do they commit suicide? Because they have no hope. Why do people go to hell? Because they are without God and hope in the world. Job chapter 8 verse 13 in the NIV says this, Such is the destiny of all who forget God. So perishes the hope of the godless. Listen, if you are out there listening, 
even if you're physically here in this building right now, I want to encourage you that no matter how terrible or desperate or dark or impossible your situation may seem, it may seem like that to you. It may seem absolutely hopeless. But listen, we have a God that is big enough to handle your crisis. I'm telling you about this God that cares about you, that loves you, that is wanting to embrace you, that wants to help you. He's making himself available to you. Listen to this last scripture. And we're going to close. It says this. I want to leave you with this. First Peter chapter 5. Verse 6 and verse 7, it says this. So humble yourselves under the mighty power of God. And at the right time, he will lift you up in honor. Give all your worries and cares to God. For he cares about you. God cares about you. But first, you have to humble yourself. You have to cry out to him. I still remember the day where I had to humble myself and surrender my life to Almighty God. Those of us that are in this building right now that are born again, that are saved, we're saved because one day we humbled ourselves. We humbled ourselves before a mighty, powerful God, and we cried out to him, and we asked him for help. We asked him to forgive us. Don't let pride keep you from connecting with God. You're not able to do it on your own. You can't do it by yourself. You're not strong enough. You're not rich enough. You're not powerful enough. You need to humble yourself. If you humble yourself and you cry out to God, you will have hope in God. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, as we conclude this series of messages, Lord God, we pray that you will encourage those that are hurting out there, Lord, that are discouraged, that feel, Lord God, defeated. Let them know, Lord, that by connecting with you, Lord God, they can experience tremendous victory. You will lift them up. That's what the Bible says. Humble yourself under the mighty hand of God and He will lift you up to a place of honor instead of humiliation and embarrassment and, 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 and isolation and failure. God says, man, I can pick you up and make something good out of your life. That's what God offers you today. But you have to humble yourself and cry out to Him. If you're ready to do that right now, if you're ready to say, God, I want to surrender completely to you here tonight, this morning. I want to give my life over to you. If that's what you are ready to do right now, I want you to repeat this prayer with me. Say, Father, in the name of Jesus, I humble myself before you as God. I thank you, Jesus, that you came to this earth over 2,000 years ago and you willingly gave your life 
on the cross for me because you love me and because you care for me. And today, I receive the free gift of salvation that you offer to all mankind. Forgive me of all my sins. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. If you said that prayer, I want to encourage you, contact us. We'll get you a Bible. You got to get a Bible. You got to get a Bible. You got to start reading that Bible. I want to encourage you, continue to tune in online or come start coming to church. Things are opening up now. Start coming to church. Okay? Get connected to a church body. Get connected to a group of people that believes like you do. Begin to understand what this book is about. And if, you have, and if you need help, we have Bible studies to help you to understand the Bible that you're reading. Father, in the name of Jesus, I just want to pray for all those that are listening right now that are Christians, that know you, that are connected with you. To those of us that are on our way to heaven right now, I just want to pray for the body of Christ right now, Lord for my brothers and sisters, the family of God, that those, Lord God, that are going through any issues or situations, that you, Father, in the name of Jesus, will show yourself strong on their behalf. Help us to not let go. Help us to not give up. Help us to always put our hope in you. In Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people said, amen. God bless your church. Listen, if you have any prayer needs, the altar is open. The altar is always open. You feel free to come on up here. We will pray with you. We will pray for you. We're going to call on God together. I can't help you, but we're going to call on the one that can help you. And his name is Jesus. God bless you, church. Amen.